This is Sam's Trains, and welcome to my first ever podcast. I'm here with RJ and Corey. How are you guys doing today? Hey, I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. That's All right, so it's my first ever podcast. Um, I just kind of got these guys together, and we're going to talk about some trains today. Um, so, you know, kind of like the purpose for this podcast is to um, help promote and inspire and share our wonderful hobby um, and my goals, um, I hope to record the history of our wonderful hobby and share um, our stories together um, and possibly inspire those who aren't sure or um, are looking for some help along the way. Um, recording the podcast makes it possible to share stories of others and help to grow the community. So I thought you guys were the perfect candidates for the first try. Um, mm -hmm. So, All right. We're just going to start off with some introductions real quick. Um, I do have some questions to go along with the topics of or the, um, the subject of introduction. So um, when did the hobby first spark your interest and why? I'll let so, so for me, when I was little, you know, I obviously got into Thomas the Tank Engine. And then one day I received an I Love Toy Trains VHS tape. Sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. And next thing you know, I was watching, you know, wonderful layouts with post-war Lionel. And the next thing you know, I was asking my parents for a uh, Super Chief set. And... From there, I got a MTH ready to run Super Chief set. And then next thing you know, 15 years later, here I am. Yeah, um, I had a similar experience as well with Thomas the Train and, you know, kind of starting to um, get the I Love Toy Trains DVDs and, you know, it just stuck with me. All right, Corey, go ahead. So, so yeah, just like you guys, I started off with Thomas. So, I, do you guys remember the Thomas Wooden Railway stuff? I yes, have like I still have a bunch of that, yeah. So I used to watch TV and I had that too. But that that didn't really stick with me because like every kid like in my generation watched Thomas growing up. But what really kind of did it in for me was my grandfather's Lionel layout. So like you know, I'd go to the, go to his house every Sunday and we'd always play with this train. And his his layout was huge back in the day. I can't think of the size, but I think seeing his Lionel trains definitely are like what got me into the hobby. Cause I'm like, wow, look at these model trains. It's like the coolest thing ever seeing them run around. So I think that's really what kind of, I guess. But then like, you know, as I aged on, I kind of got out of the hobby when I was about six or seven. So like, you know, I got into so many other things like star Wars, like all the other like type of stuff kids go through. But, Probably 2017, we unboxed his Lionel from the attic because we were moving to a different space. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember these things. So yeah, yeah. I put it on the floor, and then a year later, um, we this is like a new part of my basement. This wasn't here before. I'm like, oh, let's build a little train layout. What's the worst that can happen? So uh, while we were building the layout, I put my fast track on the floor, and I decided, oh, let me record my trains with my phone, and boom, that's the birth of our strains that's really what got me going in because i'm like wow video making is so much fun so yeah that's pretty much what got me into trains yeah that's awesome those are some awesome stories there um i guess i was captivated by you know the the dvds and the movies and tv shows with uh, i love toy trains and thomas um it always continued to stuck with me and then you know i kind of reached away from it a little bit and then I was, you know, kind of going back and looking at those memories and I was like, oh, I remember this. I kind of want my first train set. And so I started saving up money and um, I ended up getting the Hogwarts Express train set. And then that was like, okay, we're, we're set. We're ready to go. So I guess that leads us into our next question. You know, our, 
your first train set, um, why did it, um, why did it spark your interest? Um, why did you pick that particular set? You know what I mean? So for me, I distinctly remember watching the I Love Toy Trains and they showed the Lionel post-war uh, war bonnet Santa Fe F units. And I mean, they, they go into like how beautiful the paint scheme is in the videos, but just just the image of the F unit just st stuck in my mind. I would watch the one scene where they would show it over and over again. And then like I tell my parents, that one for Christmas that year, Santa dropped off the MTH version of it because Lionel wasn't making it at the time. And I, I probably ran that. Fortunately, it doesn't work anymore, but that's because I ran the thing into the ground. I probably yeah, played so with much. it yeah, yeah, every yeah. day for three years straight. But it was a nice little PS2 locomotive with the uh, all the passenger sound effects. It was an amazing set. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I've always wanted the uh, the Santa Fe's F units, um, especially the post-war ones. Those are really cool. Yeah. But I have yet to acquire those, but it's totally okay. I'm grateful for what I have. All right, Corey, go ahead. So then my first train, I guess you can call it, well, yeah, it's a train set. So my first train set was, I believe when I was five years old, I think it was either for my birthday or for Christmas, my grandfather gave me this guy, which is the uh, 1976 Lionel MPC era Empire State Express set. So this was only produced for one year. So like, you know, you have your uh, Hudson 8600, you got a uh, Great Northern Boxcar, New York Central Cattle Car, a Sunoco Single Dome Tanker Car, a Southern Gray, or Green Car, a Hopper, and then a New York Central Bay Window Caboose. And I mean, it doesn't have many features. It's just a classic old Lionel set, and it has the uh, Sound of Steam Tender, and it has the uh, three-position E unit. But when I got this thing as a little kid, I lit up, because I always, I, I still, I always loved steam over diesel, and I loved anything that had moving parts. So especially once I saw these moving and going all that stuff that just captivated me I think that this is probably one of my favorite sets that is like it's never let me down the weird story is that I lost this locomotive five years ago and out of all places it was with garden tools in a plastic bin and I was like okay it's not gonna work it's fried it's totally dead and I put it on the track and it moved like magic like it's yeah. been out of its for so long and I put it on the track and it worked like so perfectly it wasn't still at all everything turned over and it's still I haven't even touched it up much all I did was grease it a bit replace one or two parts and it still works like magic so that was my first train set that's that's awesome yeah I'm def I definitely think the post-war and the MPC era tooling seems to be the most durable um mm -hmm. people like see them at like for example for rj you just recently went to antique stores right and you bought a bunch of post-war stuff and it's like beautiful right it's still in work great working condition yeah so i picked up a uh, lionel 2025 which is lionel's post-war rendition of the k4 and 1947 now the original owner did some cosmetic work to it placed it right down on the track to test it work the day the day i got it the, the day it was day. new off the factory it's you wouldn't expect that from a uh newer lionel locomotive mm -hmm. yeah that matter with all the upgrade electronics so after all these years place it on the track and it works like the day it was built yeah it's it's really incredible um all right so that's kind of like our introduction you know 
Um, one last question before we move on to our next topic. What was the pivotal moment where you were like, this is my hobby. This is, this is what I'm going to stick with. Corey, I got to think about this for a second. Yeah, I was waiting on you, but well, I guess my pivotal point is what got me in the hobby. It was like definitely starting my YouTube channel, Artist Trains, because before that, like I said, I didn't have much interest in trains. But once I started the channel and started seeing that people watch for things like, well, okay, cool. I guess I'll post more about train stuff. I don't know anything about it. But then once my audience kind of like right now, it's like fantastic. I have so many new people that are watching my videos and it's really such a, uh, such a great drive. Uh, because I want to become a uh, movie producer, or not a movie producer, a uh, director, uh, film producer, stuff like that when I grow up. Uh, filming model trains and stuff like that is really what kind of what keeps me going. And then once I, after my Amherst video this year was 2020, once I took my long break and started, re like, I'd like, okay, let's try Lionel videos again. So I put out a Lionel train video and that got so many views. And I'm like, wait, I tried that before and that literally got nothing. You tell me people like it now. So I'm like, okay, I'll put out another one. That one got even more views. So I'm like, okay, cool. I guess people really like Lionel trains. So I think that's what said my pivotal point that trains are my hobby because people enjoy what I do and that I have so much fun making this stuff. I love trains and stuff. I love, like, you know, learn about the history of these things, love watching them run. So I think that was my pivotal point in saying, this is my hobby. I'm not, I'm never going to leave it now. I'm going to buy yeah, trains. Yeah. Yeah, I die. So I think that's my that's my answer to that. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely your editing in your videos is um very. <laughs> Thank you. I, I would say pretty advanced for most. Um, yeah, I, I I take I take tips watching your videos on uh, different uh -huh. new editing points I can do. Yeah, um, I just recently got iMovie on the Mac, so I am now able to go a little yeah. bit more creative and outlet. So. Mm -hmm. Yep, but yeah, okay, RJ, you're up. Uh, I guess for me, uh, I was pretty young. When my dad and I, we were building like my first permanent layout, uh, just that shared experience of, you know, building it. And then from there on being able to learn like the carpentry skills, the wiring skills and how it makes you like an all around handyman. It's just not, you know, running trains. Um, I was just really captivated by it, you know, more than video games because it was something that I could do do my hands and figure out how things worked. And I've I've taken breaks here and there from the hobby, just something else piques my interest at the time. But I've consistently stayed and bought model trains for a long time now. That's very exciting. Yeah, I would say, you know, kind of like with the handyman thing, it's like I learned how to wire. And I learned a little bit about electricity, a little bit like, you know, trying to restore these and take them apart and stuff like that. Kind of learned a little bit of those skills that, are, yeah. that I think might, might be important. And also, you know. Sorry to interrupt, but that's why I like model trains so much more than like, yes, or like, I like games and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like model trains are so much more fun because it teaches you so many things. It's like you said, it teaches you how to wire. You can, like, you can do scenery and that stuff. Uh, learn like you can learn to talk to other people who like the hobby. It's a great yeah. socialize. So I'm doing and it the, right now. The podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing also is that like you know when you buy things in video games, like once that video game I guess goes irrelevant or something, that's never that's something you're never gonna get your money back. Versus buying something physical like these, you're gonna have them around for like as long as you want them to. So like these guys, I don't plan to get rid of for a very long time, and it's a great yeah. investment too because again they always work. So like, I don't know, like, I can't predict the future, but like if the PlayStation 4 goes out 
one day and all that money I spent on Minecraft or whatever, that's long gone. I'm never getting that back. But for this, it's always going to be with me. And I can always, I can always share it too. I can bring yeah. it to yep. videos, take these to friends' houses. So that's why I prefer, I guess, model trains over, I guess, video games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like with the hobby and stuff, you know, it's interactive. You can do your, you can literally do whatever you want. Um, as long as, you know, you have the money to pay for, it, I guess. And for video games, you know, you can only go so far. That's why I'm kind of like doing this podcast. Cause I feel like a lot of the youth, um, mm-hmm. kind of leans towards podcasts. I don't know. Do you guys listen to podcasts? I don't listen to podcasts yeah. too often, but they're entertaining to watch. It's fun to watch guys talk about their different stories and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes I listen to it on the car on the way to work, but I just think it's a good way to like help promote our hobbies. Could be something else that you might enjoy just with an open mind, just go out for it and just try it. And if you don't like it, then you can just sell it, you know? Yeah, there you go. You can practically get your money right back. Yeah. And like another on the thing of model trains is that you can create your own environment. That's kind of off the scenery thing though, but you can model whatever you want. I've yeah. seen people do like space trains type of thing or wild west north america i've seen people all over the world just nearby there's a guy i can't remember what house he's in but he has a huge like uh german-based model railroad which is super cool so it has all the it's so detailed i just can't it blows my mind Mm -hmm. i know it's stuff so cool so that's why again another reason i love model trains because you can create your own environment you can add figures or stuff you can add cars you can add buildings you can have your own environment i guess really so that's another reason i love it yeah anything you want to add rj before we move on yeah no just building your own little world i mean on my layout i repainted you know an old lionel station to look like the station that's in my own my own hometown you know (laughs) it's it's little stuff like that where you you know if somebody comes and visits your layout you can say oh wait that's something you actually see in real life and you're you're being you're able to create your own little world and just being able to put your head down at track level and see the trains go by as if you were a rail fan on your own layout i it's mm-hmm. it's those little things about you know the model rail learning hobby as a whole that makes it so much enjoy uh, get so much enjoyment out of it especially putting so much work into it yeah and um when i was so I had an older layout, but it had basically no scenery at all. It was just a grass mat with some uh, loops, um, loops of track and stuff like that. And so um, I redid it and everything like that. And so I decided, well, I recently came back from a trip to South Dakota and there's nothing out there, but we were in the Black Hills area and it was, it was beautiful. I mean, it, it was mind blowing. And I was like, I'm going to model my, my, my train table like that. So my big mountain on my layout, if you see in some of the videos and stuff like that, it's, I tried to do my best to make it look like the Black Hills of South Dakota. So, yeah. Super cool. I love when people model stuff off of, like what RJ was saying with his own station. I love when people model things after real life or places they have connections with. So like a few elderly men, when I go to their layout, they always have their stores and stuff named with places that were significant in their lives like you know ma and pa stores or stores their parents own or maybe uh stores they used to go to as kids or stores they actually worked at so i love when people do that or be like oh here's this car doesn't look important but this was actually my first car and i parked it in front of this like my house so i love when people do that yeah it's such a Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a a time capsule for that specific person you know Mm -hmm. um for somebody who wants to get more involved, I guess, in the community, I guess, um, I chose YouTube to do that. 
um, because there's not many train clubs around me. Um, so mm -hmm. I guess the question I'm going to shoot to you guys is um, what was the first step you took to get involved on a larger scale? Um, whether that's train shows, community events, YouTube, um, and if you are currently involved in something, why are you? So I first created my YouTube account. I was in middle school, so it's been like six, seven years now. Wow. And it didn't get that many views and that many subscribers. I actually took down all those videos because I can do much better editing nowadays. But um, that was my first, like, putting myself out there in the community. And shortly after I did the whole YouTube thing, I found the OGR forum, which I'm still part of today. And if you guys don't know what the OGR forum is, it's basically everybody that's in O-Gage railroading. They get to post pictures of their layouts, you know, what they're buying, you know, what they're doing to their layout. And uh, it's just thousands of people from across the country putting their own input into the, the hobby and discussing it. And you can get a lot of valuable information from it. So I'll post on there and read what other people are doing and try to take those tips and use it on my layout. And then I recently restarted my YouTube channel, you know, RJ's Trains, and it's been uh, taking off a little bit lately. And always, and now here I am on the podcast. Yeah, um, hopefully this podcast will be a success um, so we can share our wonderful stories together and collaborate together. Um, that was one of the reasons why I chose to do the podcast. All right, Corey, go ahead and uh, let me know your answer. All righty. So this one, again, how I got started in the hobby for this was my YouTube channel because before that, I used to go to the Amherst train show a lot, which is in Massachusetts each year. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of that. And I always do videos on it, but I kept going there. So that's kind of what kept me up. And like I said, I uh, did film my grandfather's trains on the floor and I had a lot of fun with that. So as I was uh, growing apart, I didn't know anybody in the train community. I didn't know anything, but with YouTube going along, I was finding more places. I'm like, already, uh, there's this club down the road. I'll see if they can let me do a video with that. And now, like, you know, it's growing more and more. So I'm a part of a lot of clubs today. Um, I'm part of the uh, NMRA, which is the uh, National Model Railroaders Association, the Hudson Berkshire Division, which is a uh, model railroading club where we all meet together and, like, you know, share different like uh what do you call them? workshops and stuff like that so like oh how to weather how to do scenery wiring then we'll visit other people other people's layouts and then like you know we'll go to conventions and stuff like that um another club i'm a part of is adirondack live steamers so you guys know i'm i imagine you guys know what live steam is that's so little trains you can ride around i'm a part of one of those clubs and they're in the adirondacks so like you know you got all the trees and you got lots of hills so this place is so cool because not too long ago I, I was in a, it was in an open house in October, I believe they had an, like, they had an open house and we got invited to go there. I'm like, okay, cool. I've never heard of live steam before. And then the, I went there and there was trains going by like every 10 seconds. It was so cool. There was actual like live working steam engines, like scaled down. There was like all these eerie Lackawanna F units. There was all these switches and then carried the little cars with people on them. I just, I had probably one of the best days of my life there because I'd never felt more happy seeing all these little trains going by. And I had my camera with me too. So I'm like, already I can make an R Trains video off this. So I did put that video out. And then the club guys noticed it. And they're like, yo, that video is super cool. Do you want to be a part of the club? And I'm like, hey, absolutely. So that's how I joined their club. And unfortunately do the uh, stay at home right now. We were supposed to be having our spring meet coming soon. 
So that's when people all over the country, like, you know, on the East Coast and some from all over the world, there's a guy from the UK who comes each year, would come to the spring meet, bring their trains, and we'd run their trains all around. So I was looking forward to that, but unfortunately it got canceled. So hopefully it's not going on for much longer so we can get to more work because it's hard to go to the place because a lot of the guys there are much more of the, uh, what would you call them, uh, at at risk type of man like you know they're, they're a lot okay. older so mm -hmm. if they were to get uh, COVID-19 they wouldn't do very well versus like you know guys like us where we're a lot younger our immune system right now is like top peak or whatever you'd call it but yeah so that's how I got in the ALS and another club I'm trying to join right now is the uh, the Catholic Region Model Railroad Club so I didn't know about these guys I know that they had their layouts at local train shows I'm like oh okay yeah that's cool but there's a uh, in Mechanicville, New York, which is a place where I'm nearby, there's an old Delaware and Hudson um, switch tower called the XO Tower. And the town was redoing that. And then the upper part of the tower, like, you know, where all the switches used to be, and like, you know, you had the lookout, they're, a, they're putting a module layout up there now, HO. And I'm like, whoa, I got to find out who owns that. It's like permanent too. Like, they're not going to be able to, well, they'll take it apart eventually someday, but for it's going to be permanent it's going to be based off the scenery nearby new york I'm like already i gotta find out who owns that layout so i gotta do it so right now my membership's pending but i'm friends with a lot of the guys there so i'm pretty confident i'll hopefully be able to join and help do uh finish that layout and stuff like that so yeah those are the parts um those are the clubs i'm a part of that's awesome yeah that seems like um some very interesting um clubs it seems like a lot of the stuff um like the train shows and the clubs is a lot of up east um, where I live in the Midwest region is, I mean, there's mm -hmm. not much, um, probably the closest thing probably to me would be Nickel Plate Road and Fort, is it Fort Wayne? I think, I can't remember Fort, off the- Fort Wayne Historical Society owns 765. Okay, I think that would probably be the closest thing, but other than that, I mean, it's kind of hard. So that's why I'm trying to do it um, technology mm -hmm. with technology. Um, until I can, you know, I'm a little bit more free and stuff like that. So awesome. Um, so what do you believe is the best way to capture youth and expire, um, expire, excuse me, inspire them and to help keep the hobby growing and um, help promoting? Well, I think we touched on it a bit earlier. I, I think it's also, it's important for parents to realize all of the skills that, you know, kids learn from model railroading, you know, whether it be electrical, carpentry, scenery work, you know, artistic stuff. There's a lot of different skill sets that can be taken and learned from model railroading. Uh, I think Lionel's doing admirable work right now with their line chief line and getting all these lights licensing deals, whether it be Disney, uh, Pixar, Hogwarts, uh, Harry Potter, Polar Express. I think that's getting a lot of kids into the hobby and Thomas the Tank Engine you know, getting those ready to run sets. I'm sure that's bringing a lot of kids in um, at the easy to use line chief stuff. But I just think it's, you know, taking it from that, you know, set that goes around the Christmas tree once a year to, you know, getting kids to have that uh, permanent setup, which is difficult because not everybody has the room, but, you know, making sure the parents realize the benefits that come out of this, as opposed to sitting and playing video games or other things, you know, it's making sure the parents know those skill sets and instilling that in their kids. That's very well said. I like that answer a lot. All right, Corey, go ahead. What's your answer for this question? So that's kind of, that's a very tough 
uh, question to answer because really only the future can tell what it has. But what I think has really gotten kind of our generation and the future generation and actually train video games because we don't have the opportunity to go climb in a locomotive and operate it versus train simulator. Like, you know, the experience is right there. So many kids going in or like they don't like trains, but oh, cool, train simulator. What's that? I'll try it out. I'm like, ooh, that's cool. You're operating it. Or like, uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of uh, trains with a Z at the end, that video game. But that game's a lot of fun because you can create your own world and stuff like that and run your own trains. So that kind of gets kids into then model railroading because like, oh, well, that's nice. But why can't I? Well, I'll, I'll try something real. And I got just like RJ said, there's so many benefits from and if you're not even going to do model trains, there's still so many other different modeling things. You go like planes, tanks, boats and stuff. But what well, model railroading, again, is so important. Like you can like literally put almost every aspect of life into it. You have scenery, you have wiring, you have carpentry for making layouts. You got uh, so many other things I just can't list. But that's, that's a really hard question to answer. So, I, yeah, I, I agree a lot with what RJ was saying. It's, kind of, it's a really tough one because, again, like I said, only the future really knows. But another way, like, so if you kind of look back at the 50s or whatever, kids used to, like, crave over American Flyer and Lionel. Like, they do that, like, it's a lot like uh, kind of a while ago when Pokemon used to be so popular. Everybody had Pokemon, or like Beyblade. That's what Lionel, kids were, like, not trading lineups, but they were going to each other's houses. They were, I guess, having debates and stuff over who was the better. So if we can bring that aspect back to Model Railroad, which is already here, like for us who like it, we can debate our favorite trains and what we don't like all day long, but trying to grasp an outside community and bring them in, we need to bring that aspect of model trains are fun. It's really enjoyable. You can do it with all your friends, like kind of back to the hobby for a main skill there. Uh, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. It's such a hard question. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to make the podcast easy. You know, yes or no questions is going to be <laughs> yeah, um, I very deep it. questions. Um, so I guess my, my, I guess my answer for this is I feel like, you know, the, one of the other reasons why I got into the hobby is going on YouTube and like watching videos. You know, I watched Eric's trains, train reviews, and I was like, oh, that engine's so cool. That steam engine's so cool. And then I would go like on Lionel and be like, oh my gosh, it's like $800. And I was like, no way. But, you know, just like watching a bunch of different videos on YouTube and being like, you know, this is my layout. It was really inspiring to me because I was like, you see all these other people have these, you know, different layouts. And it's just kind of like, I want to create my own. And I think, a lot of kids go on YouTube anyways. So I feel like that's one way to appeal. Does that, does yeah. That make sense? YouTube is probably one of the biggest things that's helped the train community. Like imagine where we'd all be right now without train or like uh, YouTube. So Nowhere. like that community would be so much smaller because all you really have is Facebook or the, uh, all these other forms and stuff. But YouTube's, I think model trains and railroading right now is probably more of at a height because we've had YouTube. We can all connect with other children. Uh, other people we can see it like I'd never be able I'd have to buy a DVD if I wanted to see catches from all over the country so yeah. I think YouTube helped a lot connect us all together so like you know I if I want to go watch some freight trains I can do that right now with these I don't have to buy a DVD yeah. or yeah or if I want to talk to you guys or at least watch other people like around my age you have layouts boom YouTube's right there so I think YouTube's helped and then you have all the guys who are doing like tutorials and stuff or reviews so instead like imagine trying to buy the trains we have right now without knowing what they're like at all just seeing it on the lionel catalog pick and that's it 
it's a lot harder versus like now you have like Eric's trains doing these really in-depth and good reviews that kind of help you get an idea of like, do I really want this? Or like, I need it now. So I think YouTube's a definite key point. And I like, again, I think the uh, model train hobby is probably the hype right now. Cause I know so many kids, I don't know them personally, but that are around the area who are starting to get in the model trains. Like you'll have about five or six, they have these incredible HO and N scale layouts. And like, you know, I mean, they're not big in scenery, but these kids have super cool like locomotives and rolling stock. So hopefully, and they're, fr I hopefully, I hope they spread it to their friends and stuff and it kind of gets more people in because O-Gage, while well, it's probably the main or like O-Scale is the main go-to when you think of model trains, HO and N are definitely right next door. And I guess if it's the future, people are probably going to switch more to HO and N if they haven't already, just because it's a lot smaller. So mm. we were talking earlier about, I guess, space and stuff like that. So N scale, you really don't have to worry about space. Like imagine what I could do with my layout if it was all it N scale. It would be massive. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I could like make yeah. the entire corridor. Yeah. Um, very well said. All right. So as we wrap things up, um, again, thank you guys for coming on. It's amazing. Um, I've, I've never met you guys before and we all met, I believe on YouTube. And so, you know, kind of coming together and creating a podcast to share to the whole community. It's amazing. So last question for today. Um, what part of model train history was most influential in your opinion? I mean, you can go any scale or anything like that, as long as you somewhat answer the question, um, what was the most, um, what part of the model train history was most influential in your opinion? Well, I would have to say, you know, post-war Lionel, the classic post-war Lionel, 46, 47, when they're coming out, their steam locomotives, the GG1, the F units, um, you know, Lionel had gone in the dark for a while, you know, she they was making Navy parts uh, during World War II. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, you had the Great Depression, and they were resorting to making wind-up trains, you know, to get by and whatnot, and then bam, comes out of the World War II with these realistic for the time steam locomotives that had smoke and lights and mm -hmm. yeah um, that. that the takeoff from there you know and creating it into like a true global hobby I think that that even though they you know you could argue they took a dip with the MPC area uh, area under General Mills but that's what's propelled us to this zenith that we're at now with all this great technology that's in the hobby. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah, I guess I'll give my feedback. So I also think post-war is probably the main role, the key factor in model running today because like uh, RJ said before, Lionel wasn't doing much. And before you had the pre-war sets, which were nice. Like who wouldn't like, who would not want a uh, nice template train? But the things were, those things were not very affordable, only like very, I guess, upper middle class and like first class families could afford that because those train sets cost a lot back in the day. But then once the post-war um, era kind of rolled on, it was sets that nearly every family could afford. And like, yeah, we look at it $20 back then. doesn't look like a lot today, but back then it was a decent chunk of money, but still. And then just like RJ said, there were so many new features. You had all the accessories, like, you know, you had the barrel loaders, you had the automatic cars and stuff like that. You had the locomotives with all their features. And then Lionel, again, the F units are definitely, I think, what, I think there's Lionel's most uh, famous locomotive besides probably like the Polar Express, maybe. But I think that definitely. I think, I, 
I read once that the Lionel that the Lionel Santa Fe F3 is still the most bought and produced model train in history. Like that's how that's how popular it was. Yeah, I can I can easily see that. And how can it not be? I mean, those colors, it's uh, all of its cool features, and it's so durable too. Like it won't die. So that's that's another great thing about those old Lionels is that they will not quit. I, I like again, they won't die. So like again, like this guy, he wouldn't die. But post war will run forever as long as you know what you're doing. Versus like mo modern trains, is kind of, I'll get into it much because those like uh, like legacy or something uh, it's like something that you can't really do by yourself anymore besides simple part replacements like if the uh what you call it, computer or the, if the board inside of it breaks and you got to send it back so that's why i kind of like older lion it's a lot more because all you got to do is take it off and you pretty much know how to do everything but yeah i think post-war lionel is definitely what uh gravity or not gravitated uh definitely caught everyone's attention and made what model trains are today very well, um, very well said. Um, two very good questions or very good answers, excuse me. Um, I think my answer would be, well, I, I originally had for my answer post-war accessories, but I'm gonna change it and I'm gonna say the post-war catalogs because oh. they were filled with so much color, um, so much illustration and these kids' imaginations went crazy and they were begging their parents for to get one of these trains because, you know, it was going over a bridge and, you know. Even today, I love the flip through them. I love watching the art and illustration. I love the kind of, how they kind of simplified it a bit. So instead of making everything over detailed, they kind of made it simple lines, but they made it so attractive. And they had the kid, like, you know, on the cover with his dad pointing at the train or something like yeah. that. Versus today, all it really is is like a picture of a model train off of a fancy camera on the front. That's nice and stuff, but I think old Lionel captured it so well. Because even like I said today, there's so much fun to flip through. It was very, very attention grabbing. Um, it caught your eye as soon as you open the magazine. You're like, oh my gosh, that train's amazing. You know, these little kids, they didn't have concepts of money at the time. So it was just like, oh my gosh, this is like, drop that ahead. It's amazing. I, I want this. Yeah. Um, very good sales tactic. Um, I don't remember correctly, but did Lionel like actual hire, actually hire like a, um, like an artist to help like paint these like, amazing sales yeah. ads and stuff like that yeah i'm pretty sure that they if they didn't have an in-house team they definitely hired out someone to do all i mean they were paintings they were yeah yeah they were actual pieces of art mm -hmm. that's the other thing too it was there was some um i'm not sure craftsmanship in there as well um so yeah all right well uh thank you guys for coming on the first ever podcast um i don't know i'm just super excited to get this out to the o-gauge world and to all the model train world out there um so thank you guys for watching um i hope you enjoyed the podcast and um anything else you guys want to say um again thank you for having me on it's been a fun opportunity to talk to you both it's uh, awesome learning other people's stories because like before this, it doesn't feel like you know many other people in the hobby. But then once you once you get connected and stuff, you realize how many people are out there that share this, that share the same passion as yeah, like so many other people. So thank you guys for uh, having me on. It's been a pleasure talking with you both. Yeah, you're welcome. The same same goes to you and you guys. Um, yeah, I think we we're around the same age and we kind of just all hit it off and made for a really good podcast. So anything you want to say, RJ, before we sign off? Uh, just 
thank you, Sam, for starting this. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a really great thing. And check out all of our channels. I'm sure Sam yes. will put our channel links in the description, just so we can all interact with everybody else in the yep. in the hobby, so we can create a real community here on YouTube. Yes, and I I will definitely do that. Um, yes. All right. Well, thank you for watching, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed the first ever podcast and stay tuned for others on my YouTube channel. You made it to the end of the podcast. Um, again, thank you very much. Um, it means a lot. Um, I will link RJ and Corey's um, YouTube channels in the description um, when I post this on my YouTube page. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. You kind of um, learned something from everybody, you know, kind of learned everybody's story. In the comments below, let me know what you thought about the podcast. Um, what are your, some of your favorite parts and stuff like that. Also, if you are interested in sharing your story, let me know in the comments below and um, I'll do my best. Other than that, thank you guys for watching. Um, stick around. I do have some other um, videos coming out soon. Um, again, thank you for making it all the way through the podcast um, and kind of learning about these guys' stories and stuff like that. So other than that, stay tuned. I'll see you guys next time.